Halleluja. 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 Bless the Lord. Great God, glorious Jesus in heaven, we just thank you, Lord, for all those who have made it here. Father, we thank you for the ministries that are miles away. We thank you for my cousin's church in Pennsylvania. We thank you for the saints in the Philippines. Father, and for all those who are watching online right now, Father, we bind our faith together and we come before you. And though, Lord, those of us in this room come with expectation as it relates to us being in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for tarrying with us. Thank you, Lord, that even though there are miles between us and the saints that I've just mentioned, that our faith, your supernatural ability to bind us together still means something. It's very real. So Lord, it is in that spirit of unity that we pray now for one another, Lord, that in this moment, as you... Father, come near to us as we're trying to draw near to you, that something happens, Lord, spiritually, that supernaturally something happens. Lord, my expectation is that we will be changed. My expectation is that, Lord, we would have a more clear understanding of you and who we are in you so that, Lord, we may leave this place different than when we came. And, Lord, that we will leave this place more attentive to your will, knowing it and doing it. Father, that's what I want. I want to know your will, and I want to do it. In Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, when I I pray like that, I do know that there are people that are listening, and and I'm so grateful that you're here. And those of you who may be listening or watching, if you're in our general area, I wish that you would uh, make us your home or at least find a church that's close. You need to be part of a congregation, a group of people so that you can do what the Bible says and that would be edifying one another and taking care of one another. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. So this week, my brothers and sisters, um, as I'm I'm getting ready to talk to you a little bit about uh, this being the beginning of Passion Week, today being Palm Sunday, it's a little ringy. if we could go ahead and um, um, I want to make sure that we understand that um, my brothers and sisters, I was told I have to announce this. I don't like making announcements, but <laughs> this is an important one, I guess. And that would be that uh, next week, Easter, it will be a busy week, uh, but we will have uh, baptisms. So um, our hope is, uh, Steve and I have discussed it quickly Deacon Steve, we're going to try and get the tub inside instead of outside and probably set it up inside somehow, some way, so that will become part of the service. We already have uh, folks that want to be baptized, so if anyone in this room um, or if you know somebody who you know is ready and you've already, I mean, they're, uh, we're going to do some baptisms next week, okay? If you, if you want to be baptized, um, I don't care if you've been baptized 13 times, maybe this will be the time that it will take. Or maybe you have an understanding right now that you didn't have before.
And praise God, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how many times you've been baptized, if this is the one where you know that you know, please, let's talk about it and let's get it done in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So again, this is Passion Week, Palm Sunday. Uh, this is the last week that Jesus spent on earth um, before he rose from the dead, because then we know after that he spent an additional 40 days and 40 nights on earth. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to read to you from Matthew. If you, those of you who have a Bible, please take your Bible and open it to Matthew 21, if you, want, if you care to follow. Matthew 21. And I'm going to begin in verse 1 and just read a few verses here. So Matthew 21, verse 1. 21.1 Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied, a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded, and they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And the very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. My brothers and sisters, they know the significance of this. And they know that when it's, this was prophesied in Zechariah specifically, it's, it speaks to this in Zechariah chapter 9 of the king of Israel uh, coming in riding on a donkey. So my brothers and sisters, these folks understood and Jesus was absolutely positively doing what he was supposed to do, but also not hiding what he was doing. Amen. Are you there? Amen. And so now these people understand what the scripture says and what it means and they're calling out to him as their king. Amen? Amen. But I want you to know that in uh, less than a week's time, many of these same people will be saying, crucify him. Yes. Yes. See, right now they're hailing as, him as king. As far as they understand, this is good. This is a good thing. They probably think he's coming in and it's not going to be too long where the kingdom will now be set up and the Romans will have no more uh, uh, authority over us. They, we will no longer be under subjugation of the Roman Empire. This is it. They had their expectation. They had their picture of things. Anybody remember last week? Jody, we got those puzzles put together yet? <laughs> Just kidding. What picture that they had. And it wasn't meeting their expectation by the end of this. And so they're calling for the criminal. Give us Barabbas. Yes. Yes. Right? My brothers and sisters, I'd love to say that it's different, but it's not. Look at the church today. And as we're studying, those of us who are studying the Corinthians 
1 Corinthians together. We'll be in 2 Corinthians next if the Lord allows. But those of us who are studying that, we see the very same thing in the church as it relates to what actually, their picture of what things should be and what God has actually ordered. Amen? I want to start here. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. I'm going to read a few things. Some will be up, some won't. In, in Isaiah 53, 6, most of these scriptures will be familiar to you. So you can write them down, look them up later. 53, 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. See, Jesus knew exactly what the end of that week would bring. He knew exactly, but yet he still had to ride in because he knew exactly who he was. Amen? Amen. He knew what the assignment was, but he also knew the victory that was in him that only we can have in him. Amen? Amen. Psalm 14, beginning in verse 2. Psalm 14, verse 2. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. How many? None. Not one. He's looking at all of humankind. None has done good. No, not one. Ecclesiastes 7.20 7.20 For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Are you getting... Is this tracking? Amen. So now look, I know that this is a very basic, fundamental thing that all Christians know from the time that they're... But my brothers and sisters, we forgot. We needed redemption. We needed redemption. And so just like Paul speaks to the Corinthians and he says, listen, y'all are are, are a little bit haughty or a little bit puffed up. Because you think you're all that and you're claiming this teacher, that teacher, the other teacher and you think you're all that but yet there's sin that's not even named among the Gentiles among you. Yes. That's the church. We, we cannot forget, my brothers and sisters, that we were redeemed. Amen? Amen? Many of us. Not all of us in this room and I dare say not all of us watching online have been redeemed. So that's why it's so important for a last day minister, a pastor, a shepherd of the flock who's living and preaching and teaching in the last days and does not want anyone to miss the rapture of the church which can take place any moment. Any moment. He could split the sky before this message finishes and he'll still stay true to his word. Amen? And even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. So I'm going to uh, go now to Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 19. Write it down, look it up, but there's going to be some on the screen. So we're going to begin in verse 19. Now we know not, I'm sorry, we know that whether the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Who can become guilty before God? All the world. All the world. And every mouth can be stopped. There are no excuses. There are no explanations. The whole world and the purpose of the law was to point out the sin of the whole world. Not just to the Jewish people, but to the sin of the whole world. Amen? Amen. Alright, so continuing in verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. 
For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So you know what this is saying? Listen, the law and the prophets, the very law itself and the prophets, they testify that there is no righteousness in the law, that there will be someone else that will be revealed. There is a coming revelation of the righteousness of God. Amen? And we know that that's in Christ. They were looking forward to it and they know that the revelation of that or that you're being told that, that's pointing to that. There's Jesus is in every part of the Bible. Every part of it. Even in the beginning. Even in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, right? Okay, the Word was God. But how about this? When God Himself walked and talked with Adam, He gave the Word. He was giving Jesus he, uh, come on. How about when the curse was pronounced after Adam and Eve did what they did? How about when he, he said that there was going to be the seed, not of a man, of a woman? Because the Holy Spirit was his father in Jesus' name. Hey, hallelujah! He said that that was, you were going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Jesus. Jesus is in every part of this Bible. Amen? All right, I like to hear that amen every once in a while. Make sure you're listening. Though this was being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Okay, so redemption. Now, this is a word that we've know. we know. We've been in the scriptures and, you know, since we've been knee high to a grasshopper spiritually, re, yeah, you know, we've been redeemed. Yeah, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, let the, right? We just throw this word around. What is, do we know what it really means? Do you know really what it means? If you really look at it, and many of you do know, if you look at the Greek and the you know, the etymology of this the word is actually to be loosened or let, let go, but having a price paid. See, Jesus prayed, paid a price. He paid a ransom. It is like we were being held in captive to the sin. And Jesus paid our ransom. He redeemed us. Amen? When I was a little boy, not too many years ago, better hush I'll start I remember that you know me and my friends we'd collect those bottles remember anybody young, old enough I was going to say young enough anyway. we collect those bottles and we bring them to the store and they give us a nickel and we thought yeah because that back then I could buy bubble gum for a nickel no sweat right so but we thought that but that's redemption listen we right we brought it back we we redeemed amen so, so watch, my brothers and sisters, we understand what that word means. We've been redeemed. We've been bought back. Right? The Bible says we've been bought with a price. Yes. Amen? Yes. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We've been bought with a price, church. Anybody who thinks that they're born again, anybody who thinks that they're rapture ready, you've been bought with a price. You don't own yourself. Amen? amen? Okay. I, I heard some amen, so we're in agreement. So now let me jump to Ephesians, because you know I like to back everything up with plenty of Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 7. 1, 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, 
the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. Do you see that? It's important, my brothers and sisters, that we understand this. It's not just about us knowing that we're born again or we're saved. It's not just us knowing about him. It's knowing what his will is. Amen? Amen? Okay. According to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in all things, in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who, listen, of him who works all things according to the counsel of his own will. I, I want you to notice a few things in here. Obviously, redemption. But he does things according to the counsel of his will. It's not according to what I think or what science can figure out or, or what the group think is or what we decide you know, makes sense. He, does, he, ha, he consoles or counsels with no one. He gets no one's opinion. He does everything according to the counsel of his will. He does it because he has a purpose and plan in it and that's it. And see, some of us, though we think that we don't have a problem with that, we actually do. You know how I know? Because we don't bother to find out what his will is and then when we do, we don't do it. Uh-oh. Come on. Come on. All right. This is awesome stuff, though. See, this takes the pressure off me to a great degree. Right? Doesn't it? And those of us who have been alive a little longer than some others, I'm all... I'm, I'm, Mark, don't, don't laugh at me like that. <laughs> those of us who have been alive a little longer than some others, I'll look that way. But, but seriously... That means a little something more maybe because we've endured a lot of pressures of life. And, and so now I want to say to, to my young people, uh, especially to my young people who, who have not endured anything yet to, to a great degree. Again, every time I say something like that, I want to apologize to the young people who do the very young. That doesn't mean that the things that you're going through aren't valid and they're not important. They are. They are. But wait. <laughs> Live a little longer. <laughs> But, but my brothers and my sisters, do you, do you feel my heart? Do you understand what Holy Spirit, I think really Holy Spirit is ministering to us? There are some things that we're going to have to go through. But even those things are according to his purpose and plan. So if we understand that, and we have already settled it in our heart, his will be done. Okay, then I'm going to go through this. And if the Lord wills, my next message will be, if the Lord wills, embracing suffering. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Is that going to be great? Boy, we're going to fill the house in a couple of weeks, aren't we? <laughs> no, but you understand that that's because it's according to his purpose. It's according to his plan. And, and here's what I know. As long as I've lived, I mean, there are some things that are semi-predictable because of human nature. But there are a lot of things that I thought would happen that never happened or a lot of things that I thought wouldn't happen have happened. Right? Okay. And there are many people in this room. I'm not going to say many. I'm just going to say a few. There are a few people in this room and certainly watching that have much better uh, degrees or higher degrees of intellect than I have, much smarter than I am. But I don't care how smart you are or how smart you think you are, you don't know everything. Amen. He does. Amen. He does. It takes a little pressure off. Amen? Amen? Did I beat that horse dead? 
You know, in, in, uh, in also in Ephesians, I love this part, I'm not going to go to the whole thing, but in Ephesians, he says, you, he made alive, who were dead in your sins and trespasses. See, we, you were dead in your sins and trespasses. Right? When you were still a sinner, he died. Anyway, making you alive, giving you the opportunity, amen? The opportunity for what? To be redeemed. To be redeemed. To be bought with the price that he paid. Amen? To be bought back. To be loosed from the bondage that you were in. To be no longer captive and slaves of, of sin. And the prince and the power of the air using your own lust against you. Amen? Keeping you trapped. But now, by the spirit of the living God, you can have, hallelujah, you can have knowledge of His will and power to do His will by His Holy Spirit, which trumps, if you let it, the own lusts of your own body. Hallelujah. Which He helps you change. Come on. And, now longer be, and no longer being conformed to this world, but being transformed. He allows you, helps you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and in your heart. Amen? Okay. So now, I, I, I want to go, I, I need to touch on something here. Because I think, my brothers and sisters, it's really important. Not just for that church, or not just back then, but for now. But I'm going to begin in Luke chapter 3. This will be on the board. Just write this stuff down, because I really want to try and see if we can do this. The same things are in Mark, Matthew, and even John speaks uh, specifically about John the Baptist. But now we're going to Luke 3, beginning in verse 1. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Eturea, excuse me, and the region of Traconitis, the Lycinian tetrarch of Abilene, while Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. The word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, that's John the Baptist in the wilderness, and he went into all the region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. My brothers and sisters, I, I, I wanna, we're going to lean on repentance for a little bit. But I want to also explain something to everybody. And, and I know that this puts people to sleep. But I want you to hear me, please. And especially to our young people. I could have taken that same thing out of Mark or Matthew. Uh, John also speaks of John the Baptist in his gospel a little bit differently. But the point that I'm trying to make, obviously, is the need for repentance, right? And all, all, the synoptics say that, exactly that, and uh, John says it, but in a different way. But the reason why I chose Luke is because, do you notice what it says there? The 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. It's naming names. It's giving a year. It's naming names. This is so important, my brothers and sisters, and to my young brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to give you a history lesson here. I'm trying to show you there is a reason. This, this is part of our Christian apologetics. We, we, can, we can say this with all truth and all fact. This happened. Amen. This actually happened. You can't just say, well, the Bible, well, it's just a good story. It makes, it's nice. It's trying to prove a point. No. He's giving the Luke, an educated man, a doctor, is giving detail. 
Holy Spirit using Luke to give this detail, using gifts, using his, using the gifts that God given had given him for organization, for writing, and he used this specifically. My brothers and sisters, my young brothers, my young sisters, you can have confidence that this is truth. These people actually existed and you can, you can go down to the year now. Are you there? I am so... I'm, this burns in me. And I know that some of you don't even uh, care about what I just said. My brothers and my sisters, when you're teachers and you're leaders and you're leaders in your home, what about your young people that you have in your home? What about, don't you want to be able to be in a position where you could say, this is not just something that's made up. This is not just good stories. This is not just something that may be true. Look, at this is actually tying names and dates together. This can be proven historically. Have I made that point? Yes. All right, hallelujah. <laughs> so we're going to go a little bit further down in Luke chapter 3, verse 7. Then he, John the Baptist, said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you, God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. My brothers and sisters, look, there's a reason why I'm saying, do you notice this? John is the forebearer. He's the, the one who is paving the way for Jesus. Amen? Now you'll notice too, when Jesus comes and starts preaching, he says something th the same. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So again, I know that many in this room know what repent means. It means to change. It means literally to have a change of mind and a change of heart. So you have to acknowledge my brothers and my sisters and some of you who might, hope, hopefully will be soon brothers or sisters. Listen, what it's saying is there has to be an acknowledgement that you need to change. Now everyone on earth, according to the scripture, needs to change. Well, how do I know that? Look at all the scripture that I started with. There's none righteous, no, not one. God looks upon the earth and everybody stinks on ice. Amen? Amen? So we all need to repent. We need to change. We need to have a change of mind, a change of heart. Go in a different way. Are you there? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now here's a very important scripture. And this we're going to end with this one. This is, it is in Acts 2. This is the day of Pentecost. And you all know what happened. I mean, day of Pentecost, they're in the upper room. They're waiting for the, uh, the promise of the Father, the gift from the Father to come. And then the Holy Spirit falls. They all fall out, right? Then they have this gift of speaking in tongues. And God does something with everyone's ears because everyone's hearing these apostles speak the wonderful uh, works of God. And they're all hearing them simultaneously in their languages. And they're, everybody's taken aback, right? And then Peter preaches a message and he tells them all about the good news. He tells them all about Jesus Christ and the price that he paid. He tells them everything. And then at the end it says that they're pricked in the heart. Now we are at 38. Then Peter said to them, they said, what must we do to be saved? Repent! Repent! 
And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the order? Repent. Receive Jesus. See, my brothers and sisters, I'm so torn right now because I don't want to always bring to you negative, negative, negative. And actually, it's not negative. It's positive, positive, positive. And for you saints that understand, pray and let this be reinforcement. But I'm so concerned that so many of us forgot about the repentance part. We're just coming to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. See, let me let me just show you. This is a. Uh, I, so I'm still going with the puzzle theme, you guys. So, for those of you who were here last week, this one's a little bit different. Because the puzzle is put together, and I did this with the help of my precious wife this morning. This puzzle is actually a picture that Addison made uh, when she was younger, about last year. <laughs> no, no. This is when she was very young, and she made it, and she addressed it to Mimi, and I'm still waiting for mine, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. But no, and she addressed it to Mimi. And so... This is the picture, and I, and I said something to Michelle this morning. You know, when Addison, and I'm, you know, I'm just, when Addison made this, whatever the elements that are in here, these are elements that were, that she found either attractive or they, they, they made her feel good or it looked good to her. Right? We have the sun, we have the pet, flowers, trees, nature, beautiful picture. And well done, I might say, Addie. Don't get too... But, but my, my point, though, my brothers and sisters, she had a picture in her mind that she wanted to give to her grandmother, and, and she did it. Amen? Amen? Again, I would say nothing to her grandfather, but no. But so now watch. Here, remember using the example of last week. We, as, as I think so many of us as human beings, we have the picture of what we want our life to be like. And we start building those things. Amen? We start adding pieces. We start doing things to, to make that picture look like we want it. Right? And then somewhere along the line, we end up knowing that no matter what we've accomplished or achieved, there's always something else. Because you've heard this, and this is not new. There's always a Jesus-shaped piece of the puzzle missing until we accept them into our lives. Amen? So there's always, there's, there's always going to be a degree of, of, of unsatisfied or dissatisfaction, if you will. So I think a lot of us come into this life and we're, we're successful. We are building a pretty good picture for ourselves. We're educated, we've got money, or, or you know, the kids are doing okay at this point, or whatever the case may be, whatever goals you've set for yourself, whatever things that you thought of that would make you happy, you're, you know, those things are coming together, so to speak. You're building your life. Amen? But then you think, okay, this is what a lot of people do. You know what? My life is good now. I just need one more thing to complete my life. I need Jesus. So I'm going to add Jesus to complete my life. Uh-uh. So you're asking Jesus to fit into your picture. Or how about this? This happens a lot. I'm missing this other piece. I'm going to get Jesus because I know if I get Jesus, 
I can get this other piece. He's going to give it to me. It's even worse. It's even worse. Now, I see some of you nodding and some of you acknowledging, and I wish I had fingernails where I could get this back out. So let's just say this is you. You're doing well. Decent. Things are looking up. So why not? I mean, I've got the family. I want to make sure the kids are going to church, so I'm going to add the Jesus thing to my life. Nope. Nope. Because here's what actually is supposed to happen. You're supposed to have all of these pieces gone. And I'm not going to pull it apart. I don't want to destroy it. You're supposed to have all of these pieces gone. And then you let Him build it. Amen. You let Him build it. You can't add Him to the pieces of the puzzle that you've put together. Your life, if you've been redeemed, belongs to Him. Isn't that so? And your life with Him has to begin not where I'm okay. My life is okay. I just need Him. Is is that tracking with anybody? And there's a reason why I'm saying this because I think, my brothers and sisters, that there's so much of that that's in the modern church right now. Where we're thinking, you know, I've got some things worked out now. This was bad in my life, but it's worked out now. I've got all of this other stuff. I've got it taken care of. Things are tracking pretty well. So now I've got this other piece. I'm, I'm going to church on Sundays. I'm even going to a church where you know, old Pastor Tony goes and he steps on toes every once in a while. Or I'm even going to a church that preaches the full gospel. Or I'm even going to this church, my family church. Or I'm even going to that church. Whatever. And matter of fact, I think I might start going to Bible studies. Oh, God is throwing a party. No. That doesn't impress God. Should you go? Yeah. That in and of itself does not impress God. Come on. No. But I've got to fit that, see Pastor, but I've got to fit that piece in there, you know. I've got everything else going for me. I just got to fit that last piece to the puzzle in there. No. You got to repent. You got to understand that that picture that had, you had in your mind and all of those things that you thought would bring you joy and peace and all that stuff, all of that, the very thing. Man, I, I was so glad when I had kids. When, I, when my wife was pregnant, I was so glad. And then they came. I'm only kidding. Here, I love them both. But the grandkids are better. But, but do you understand what I mean? I mean, all of those things that, that seem like the things that would bring us happiness and joy, sometimes those are the things that cut us the worst. Pretty quiet. Right? Some of those things that we think are bringing us relief or relieving stress are the things that cause us the, the, a bad end, lead to our destruction. So, my brothers and sisters, we have to repent and understand that our ways, what we think, how we feel, it needs to be changed. It, we, we, need to, we need to let Jesus tear it down or we need to tear it down. We do need to acknowledge, I need this torn down and I can't do it myself. But if I understand, I need this torn down. 
I need not to go my own way. I need to know that no matter how good, no matter how smart, no matter how wealthy, no matter what success I've achieved according to this world, according to him, I stink on ice. I need to be redeemed. I need to repent so that I may be redeemed. Hallelujah. And so why am I speaking that to a group of people who I think are very faithful? I'm so thankful for most of you in this room who come every Sunday and who I know believe a lot of the things and want to hear the truth. And that's why you're here. And I believe that. And, I, and so all of the, the folks that are watching or listening, same, I'm so grateful that you're there and you're listening and watching. But why am I saying that? Because we're, we're, we're susceptible as long as we're living in these bodies. We're susceptible and as long as the earth and the people around us and the culture keeps getting so bad around us and I keep comparing myself to the culture and I don't seem too bad, then know what the Bible says? The Bible tells us don't think too much of yourself. Don't think that you're something that you're really not. Don't ever get to the point where you think that you've reached a level with God and there's no going back. No, you always need to be watching. Be careful, watchful. Not so that you're walking this tightrope God has got you on this tightrope and it's so tenuous. If you misstep, you fall. And no, that's not it. God is actually holding you. God has actually got your back. God is actually the one that's inside of you trying to urge you, trying to reveal His truth to you, His will to you, and empowering you to do it. It's only when, my brothers and sisters, that we cannot seem to get the fact that we're not as good as we think we are without Him. Come on. And that no matter how good I am according to this world's standards, I still stink on ice according to His standards without Him. Amen. With Him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is awesome stuff. But we need some repentance in the church. See, I'm... I'm I'm talking to a group of people and I'm talking to a, a small portion of his church. And I'm, I'm speaking to what I'm hearing, not just in America, but the, the Western culture all over the world right now who are being so promiscuous, so liberal, so progressive that they don't even follow the scriptures anymore. And don't even believe things like Jesus is the only way. Don't even believe in the virgin birth. Don't even believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ. But they still call themselves Christian churches. How could this happen? Well, very easily because the enemy, the prince and the power here, appeals to our own flesh. And when we start paying him mind, and see, here's the thing. If we don't come to full repentance, if we haven't been, come on, if we haven't been redeemed, we don't have Holy Spirit. But my brothers and sisters, in the church, we need to be, listen, what do he say? Watch. Watch. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Endure. It's going to happen. Right? He told us the things that are going to happen. This is going to happen. Watch. Pray. I'm with you always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me go to uh, Revelation real quick. In Revelation, uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to fire some scriptures, folks, and, and just please write them down. I know a lot of you like to turn there, and I appreciate that, but I just want to make sure we blow through this um, and pay proper due with whatever else God wants to do. Amen? So in Revelation chapter 2, beginning verse 1, 
To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and they're not, and have found them liars. And you have preserved, or I'm sorry, persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. You see all that positive stuff that he just said? Look at this with me. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. Who's he talking to, church? Christians. He's talking to the Christian church. He's saying, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. My brothers and sisters, we've discussed this, we've taught this before. The, the, the lampstands, that's significant of his spirit. He walks among the. He's, he's, it's the seven spirit. The seven spirits, or the seven lampstands, the seven flames. That re, the candles. They represent the fullness of the spirit. So what he's saying, listen, if you're going to continue in that, you're not going to have the fullness of the spirit. I, you, you guys are so quiet. I got to tell you something. This is, this is a, this is enormous. This is. What th- this is just line upon line. He's teaching us something. These are the scriptures revealing themselves to us. Remember what it what repent and be baptized in the name of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, listen, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. See, my brothers and sisters, we don't have the, the Holy Spirit in its fullness manifestations in this in this church, in other churches, in the church, because we need to repent. We need to repent. We need to get back. God bless you. We need to get back to the basics, the fundamentals. We need to understand that we stake unless we have Christ. We need to not be so spiritually puffed up and think, well, we don't look like the world in here. And, and then, uh, big deal. I feel like I'm hitting a, a wall here. Hallelujah! I know people hate when I do that. I can't help it. It's either that or scream. I can't help it. My brothers and my sisters, this is so important. And this is so important for our young people. And those of us who have been Christians for a really, really, really long time, and we're just saying, oh, come on, man, this is getting bad. I'm getting so tired. Jesus, come quickly. I mean, come on. No, stay, stay tight. If you're still here, then that means you're here for a reason. If you're still here, that means the work that he has for you, his will for you is not done. Hallelujah. Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season you will reap if you faint not. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't get relaxed. Hallelujah. Keep building yourself up. Hallelujah. Repent. We need repentance. We need to sit and kneel before God and say, God, please forgive me for becoming relaxed. Forgive me, Lord, for trying to build my own life. Forgive. Come on. Continuing now in uh, Revelation 2 to another church, and to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful, mar- my faithful martyr who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. Do, do you see this? You see the praise he's giving them? Hallelujah. But I have... I have a few things against you. Are you looking at this with me? 
Hallelujah. I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who, who taught ba Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols, to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Repent. You see that? Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight, them against, fight against them with the sword of my mouth. My brothers and sisters, do you see this? And do you see what he's saying? you see what he's comparing it to? Let me go back. There was a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols. and commit sexual immorality. Let's just leave that alone. Let's just leave that alone. It's a big distraction for me. Who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols. My brothers and my sisters, do you see what this is saying? This is saying, look, you're being enticed by the enemy according to the lust of your flesh. Do you see that? You're being enticed by the enemy. So here's what he's saying. This happened to your ancient people. This happened before. Right? He, okay? It's happening to you now. Was Balaam alive? Was Balak alive? No. But the same... Listen, it's the same circumstances. It's the same situation. It's spiritual. It's totally spiritual. So we, we the church... I'm not... This is to the church... This is to the church. The church is being told. You're doing this. You're allowing this. Right? You're being tempted to get into the flesh. You're being tempted by your own lust. The enemy is doing the same thing that he did in the garden. The same thing that he did to my people in the past. The same thing. Listen, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase something really quick. Remember when the children of Israel were camped out at the base of Mount Sinai and the Lord was coming down and he was going to speak to them. Remember that? And he spoke to them with thunders and lightnings and all that. He was speaking directly to them. The reason why he had to speak to Moses, remember Moses had to go up there by himself? Why? Because the children of Israel were scared. They didn't want to hear. Oh, it is frightening. And, and what did Moses say? I'm going to say it in Tony language. So don't write me any letters. Oh, you misquoted the scripture. No, I'm going to say it in Tony language. What Moses said was, listen, don't be afraid. He's showing you how powerful he is. He's showing you his majesty. He wants you to know and he wants you to take him seriously. That's basically what Moses told them. So my brothers and sisters, Jesus is speaking the same language. He's saying something. Listen, y'all need to do this. You need to pay attention to this. You need to repent. And you need to understand He's God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A couple more and we'll, we'll pray. In Galatians 5.13 For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another. So let me, I'm going to pause here because I'm trying to limit the amount of scripture that I'm reading to you. But now he's already spoke to the Galatians, right? This is, this is into chapter 5. But he's already told them, he started the letter with basically, you know, who bewitched you? I mean, I've delivered the gospel to you. Now you've got these other things that are being delivered. They're not the gospel at all. And now you're listening to Judaizers and you're trying to fulfill the law and still be Christians. You can't do that, Right? Is he, and he says to them, if you, if you 
have trying to fulfill the law, you're fallen from grace. Grace has no effect on you if you're trying to fulfill the law. Then what you're saying is that, it, that what Jesus did means nothing. Basically, you still have to fulfill the law, right? You're trying to earn this salvation. You're not being, listen, you're not being living in repentance and you're not being living according to the life that you've now been given, the life that now has been chosen for you. You're still trying to live in the Old Testament and earn it. Come on. But now further, and this is what he's saying, but now that you know that you're free from the law, don't let this liberty, don't let, let this be an excuse for you to go ahead and live according to your own flesh. So you got both ends of the coin here. Or the spectrum, I should say. Forgive me. Right? We're going to live totally pharisaical. We're going to try and keep the, the you know, we're going to be good. We're going to, be, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Knowing that, honestly, you can't, because look at how we started this. You can't do it. And by the works of the law shall no flesh be saved. Amen? And then you got the other hand. Well, Jesus died for my sins. I'm okay. And therefore, eh. No. If I, if I slip and fall, it's okay. No. No. Your life now belongs to Him. And there should be no longer that attitude that we have, it's okay if I do this. No, it's not okay. Is it going to happen? Yeah. But those are the exceptions. And those are the times when Holy Spirit in you convicts you and you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Come on. That's the, that's the beauty. That's what being, re being redeemed is all about. Is our life now is different. We've repented. And our life now has been redeemed. No longer are we being held captive to that sin. We've been redeemed. We've been loosed. And no longer is the, listen, no longer is the penalty of sin any threat to us. Come on. This is awesome stuff. And you guys are sitting there like you're sleeping. It's awesome stuff. This is awesome stuff. So now watch. watch. So now, okay, good. And that's why we have the modern church in the condition that it's in. Because we think we've got Jesus, we're okay, we don't look like them, and you know, I've, I've got that piece, that Jesus piece to my puzzle, I'm good. Come on, no, I'm not trying to be funny here, right? I've got that Jesus piece to my puzzle, now I'm good. My brothers and sisters, but it's not based on these facts. It's not based on full repentance. It's not based on, I understand that I've been redeemed and my life belongs to Him. Therefore, we don't have Holy Spirit activated in our life. Did I make a leap there? I think that, see my brothers and sisters, that's why I use these scriptures. I'm trying to show you something from the scripture. You cannot have Holy Spirit active in your life unless you come to repentance and unless you understand that you've been redeemed. You've been bought with a price. Your life belongs to Him. Alright? Okay, just a little bit more. Beloved, this is Jude, beginning of verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you a Concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. Everybody remember that? Where's Eleni? Ah. Contend earnestly for the faith. Hallelujah. Which was once for all delivered to the saints. Look at this with me. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were mock, uh, marked out for this uh, condemnation. Ungodly men, who turned the grace of our God into lewdness... And deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Lewdness. This speaks specifically to sexual immorality. Specifically. And my brothers and sisters, 
I think we're suffering with that in this uh, modern world that we're living in. It's, it's before us all the time. All the time. We've even allowed it in churches. What are you saying, Tony? Well, anything goes. Wear whatever you like. Do whatever you like. We've got we to gotta let them in. You know, then, then we're going to Mr. Truth to them. No. No. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you're, when you're saved, if, you, if you've been, if you've repented, and you've been redeemed, there should be something that happens to all of us. Not just women wearing scant you know, clothing. Men looking at women wearing scant, scantily clad women. All of us. It should affect all of us. Come on. And so my brothers and sisters, do we have that in the church? No. In the church, these things are kind of... We turned a blind eye to it. So much divorce, so much same thing that's happening out there happening in the church. So that's why, Tony, you know, we, we could almost, you almost say this. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, my heart is we're living in the last days. My heart is we need Holy Spirit moving among us in such power because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's going to come a time when you will not be able to see a doctor. You're going to be getting in line and then eventually it'll be you jump through these hoops and those hoops are going to take you places you don't want to go. I'm telling you. So listen. I think that before the Lord splits the sky, we're going to have to be ready for some serious persecution. I really believe that in my heart. And so I want you, me, us, we to be ready. And if it doesn't happen, if I'm wrong, hallelujah, praise God. But I know this in my heart, that the only way that we actually make it to help one another is by Holy Spirit. He needs to be active in this church, in His church. It needs to be the real church. It needs to be the one that's repented, the one that's redeemed, right? The one that's regenerated by Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Does, is, does anybody, anybody track... So just remember, just remember, just remember, you, you, if you don't remember anything when you leave today, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Stand with me, please. Uh, I want the praise team to come up. We've got to... What's left of the praise team? Hallelujah. We're praying. Great God, our Father in heaven, I give you thanks. And I know that there are people in this room that you are ministering to. Holy Spirit, I know that there are hearts that have been touched. I know that some people in this room or watching digitally, Lord, have been touched. So Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would have your will be done in their lives. Father, let each of us, as your spirit gives notice, each of us cry out to you. Father, we repent.